Welcome to the Desert Life Church podcast. We're so excited that you tuned in to hear our weekend message. From wherever you're listening from, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Church. And I've asked them today to share with us a little bit around our theme of belonging. Would you please welcome them as they come and share with us? So, did you know most of the research around humans shows that we have a fundamental need to be connected to other humans. Do you feel a need to belong? That's a great question, Mez. Well, research shows our survival and well-being depend on belonging as a major facet in a healthy life. However, research also says most of us are starving for human connection for one simple reason. We are terrified of being vulnerable. Our fear of vulnerability makes us avoid the hard work of belonging and can, and can imprison us in loneliness and isolation. We do this because it is easier than admitting to and dealing with our aversion to vulnerability. Aversion to it is what makes us feel shy when around others. It's actually really a self-protection mechanism. We want to blend into the paintwork and avoid uncomfortable attention. This is learned behaviour and can be unlearned with some right choices and new habits. Brené Brown says this, To connect with others and develop a sense of closeness, we need to be willing to open up and be vulnerable. Vulnerability is the key to authentic connection because it is the courage to be open to another human. Many people don't want to pay the price to get past this so they can live, live lonely, isolated lives, often telling themselves it's other people's fault. Maybe they don't care, or they're rejecting me, or I just don't fit in. And in one way, perhaps they don't, but that's often because they aren't fitting themselves in. There are actually very positive benefits from belonging, and these have been very well researched. Close bonds with other people often become long-lasting catalysts to happiness. So the research says... Connected people are happier people. Research also says supportive social networks can, af- can act as buffers against stress when times get tough. And the feeling of being connected to others has also been shown to be a very common protective factor against depression. Connected people are happier people. And connected people are healthier people. In work, study, sporting teams, schools and universities and families, a sense of belonging to others can positively affect performance and motivation. You're better when you're connected. Connected people cope better with challenges and perform better under pressure. And research also says belonging and attachment to co-workers is a better motivator than money. Many professionals will choose connection instead of a higher paying role. And others will leave highly paid roles to find a greater sense of connection elsewhere. Connected people find it rewarding, even if there is no reward. 
Belonging can also contribute to a meaningful life since being part of a group brings the feeling of being part of something larger, something beyond ourselves, beyond the boundaries of our own self, therefore promoting within us a sense of lastingness and continuity. Thank you. What was that, Danny? You were asking me a question before. Danny asked... Is there anything wrong with not belonging? Well, actually, not belonging can be quite bad, <laughs> to put it mildly. And there's a lot of research coming out from neurosciences now that definitely affirm this fact that if you don't belong, there can be really detrimental things that happen in you and in your body. You know, it's interesting that our brains and the pathways that our brains use to process the pleasures and the pain we get from our social interactions with people, when we meet with people and we talk to them, there's certain that it can cause a lot of pleasure, it can also bring pain. But we share those very same pathways with physical pleasure and physical pain as well. And for example, if, if you get a lot of pleasure, so the, the pleasure centers of your brain that release dopamine can, can be influenced by maybe if, if you were socially recognized for something. Someone said and gave you an award for something and you feel really good about it. But at the same time, if you also get something physical like money uh, or you went to the gym and you had a great workout or you exercised and, and you got that same pleasurable feeling, it's exactly the same pathways that it uses. And... So just as those same pathways are shared, when we lose our connections, you know, for whatever reason, there is some breakdown in our social connection with people or something, and the pain that that can bring to us, that same pain is, is very similar to the physical pain that you can experience from an injury. Isn't that interesting? that the same pain that you feel from an injury can be very similar to the pain that you have from being socially isolated or having a breakdown in communication with someone you love or someone around you. And so human beings are wired. You know, that's what the, the social scientists and the neurosciences are telling us. We are wired in our brains, so that when we lose our social connection, the pain that we feel could be very similar to the pain that we would feel if we lost some of our, our, our access to basic things like food or shelter or even water. You know, James, I know that we need to be able to build belonging, yeah. but can you tell us how we can do that, James? Sure. Thanks, Kashi. So how do we build belonging? It's such a great question. The answer is proximity. It's about being together, being near, being present in, in, with each other. It's in the regular moments where we're in the moment. Proximity means you actually have to show up and be part of each other's lives. And so why is proximity important? Research shows that the physical or functional distance between two people will predict friendship. Physical meaning that we are actually near each other, Functional meaning that we are tuned into each other. Have you ever caught up with a friend and they've been so busy texting or uh, attending to their phone? 
We've all been in situations where we're physically close with each other, yet we're millions of miles apart, be it mentally or emotionally. But here's why proximity matters. Firstly, familiarity. Researchers believe that the reason we like those people who, are, who we see most often is because they're familiar to us. Uh, there's a study by Zhejiang which argues that mere exposure to someone is sufficient to make us like them. And this has been demonstrated in numerous studies. Firstly, by Moreland and Beach, they showed in their study that people liked each other more if they'd at least seen each other a few times, alluding to the more the better. Politicians milk this through exposure. Politicians are well aware of the effect of exposure and will attempt to have their mugshot shown anywhere and everywhere, especially as it comes up to election time, because they know the more familiar their face, the more their name is out there, the more likely they're to be voted in. Familiarity eventually breaks the ice. Repeatedly seeing each other is the best way to build connection. So we need to turn up. We need to show up. We need to be present in each other's lives. We need to be part of stuff. Secondly, low costs. It takes little time or effort to interact with someone who you meet with on a regular basis. And this gives you more opportunity to get to know them. The more you see someone, the more opportunity you have to discover mutual interests. And with that, every connection feels less awkward. Thirdly, expectation of continued interaction. When we expect to encounter people on a regular basis and we cannot avoid them, be it at work, the gym, or if for us in Alice Springs, be it Coles or Woolies, uh, we try, to, try harder to see the good side of these people. We tend to exaggerate their positive sides and minimise their negative sides. Given that they are likely to react the same way, friendship becomes very probable. With that being the case, why not turn up here with that same sense of consistency? And fourthly, predictability. Within reason, we prefer our environments to be predictable. When people are unpredictable, we feel nervous, anxious and uncomfortable. And when they are predictable, we feel safe and relaxed. Note that I said within reason. If people are too predictable, they simply become boring. But if we can predict people will be around, we see ourselves being close with them and we may even be vulnerable with them. And lastly, of course, our fight and flight insects find this helpful as well. In their research, Bernstein and his colleagues argue that even our survival instincts finds it as sensible to be attracted to the familiar and to avoid the unfamiliar. Experience tells us that the familiar is safe, whereas the unfamiliar can be very dangerous. And even very young babies prefer to see a familiar face than an unfamiliar face, which supports the view that we have a strong intuitive preference for people whom we know well. So this is why we must push through. We must regularly and consistently be present in each other's lives. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, James. So the question not to ask is, can you make me belong? The answer is no. No one can make anyone belong to anything. You know why? Because it's a personal choice. You have to make the decision that you want to belong. I, it's up to me to become a belonger. <laughs> I wonder if there's a word like that, but I think we'll make one up anyway. It's up to us to become a belonger, eh? 
Great word. But don't stress. You know, sometimes people stress about, you know, if I, if I belong to something, then, then maybe boundaries get blurred and, you know, and then, and then it gets difficult for my life because all, of all these boundaries are lost. But in actual fact, that's not true. As we definitely begin to belong to each other, we begin to foster that sense of belonging, we'll actually begin to have better boundaries. And that is definitely proven. Yeah? So in DLC... How can we belong? There are many, many ways. You know, you can belong by being part of a connect group. I don't know if you can read that, but if you have good eyesight, you can probably read that with a telescope. So if you can belong by being part of a connect group, you can belong by being part of an interest group or a ministry department. You can belong by joining us in worship on Sunday. As we get together on a Sunday morning in worship and praying with us, opportunities for us to pray together are so many. You can belong by beginning to cultivating friendships within the church and giving yourself away to others. Sometimes that is the only way you can develop friendships is by being willing to give of your time and, and yourself to be able to nurture and build up a friendship. You can belong by beginning to serve others. There have been beautiful opportunities given for us to serve, and, and Pastor Ben also just gave us opportunities to even invite people over home to have a barbecue or a dinner. And you belong by even beginning to join in, just joining in into, into our community. We are a great community. We have some awesome people here. And believe me, if you join us, you, you, your sense of, of worth, your sense of belonging, everything just becomes incredibly heightened. I want to close with a quote. It says, don't walk through the world looking for evidence that you don't belong. You know why? Because you will always find it. Don't walk through the world looking for evidence that you are not enough because you will always find it. Our worth and our belonging are not negotiated with other people. We carry those inside of our hearts. Amen? Amen. Amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, please consider joining us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at desertlifechurch.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Have a great week.